Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, this morning we're going to be going to a few places in the Word of God. Um, probably the first place we're going to stop at is in 1 Timothy, okay? Uh, and uh, actually 2 Timothy, not 1 Timothy. We'll be stopping in a moment in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, I may mention a few scriptures before we get there. But today is designed by God to change our lives. And today what we're going to learn and what we're going to go over uh, involves faith. But I've given it a title. Uh, the title is Suffering in Victory. Wow. How in the world can you suffer in victory? Well, we're going to find out about it in just a moment. First of all, let me ask you, and you've heard me ask before, but let me ask you this simple question. What would you do if you had a copy of tomorrow's newspaper? What would you be willing to bet on a game that had already been played? We've talked about these things before. Well, you know the answer if you've heard me say it before. I do have a copy of tomorrow's newspaper. It's right here. It's the Word of God, the Holy Bible. It is the truth. Here at Church on the Rock, we believe the Bible is true, that it is the Word of Almighty God. We can trust it, that God said what He meant, and He meant what He said. Our goal is to find out what He meant when He said what He said, okay? Because the Word of God is only the Word of God when it is the Word of God. And the Word of God can be taken and used for so many personal advantages that God never intended it to be used in that way. So the Word of God is not only true and accurate, but it's holy and it's sacred. And to take the Word of God and to use it for personal gain or to win an argument or to point a finger at someone else is not what God intended. Jesus himself talked about him not judging other people. So whenever the Word of God is preached, we should first respect it as the Word of God, and then we should receive it for ourselves and not receive it for someone else. The danger in hearing a really, really, really good sermon that, that was really from God, the danger in hearing a real great sermon, a life changer, the danger in hearing a really great sermon is that you might think God meant it for somebody else. You might be deceived by the devil or your own aggravations to be thinking about all the people you wish were here so you could let them hear that so that they, okay? <laughs> Don't go there. Let's respect the Word of God and let's receive it. It's so good and so powerful. And that way, if you ever give someone else a word, the Word of God, make sure it's what God intended. How do you interpret Scripture? You interpret Scripture with Scripture. Okay? And if it doesn't complement the one story God's telling, and the Bible only tells one story, God's only painting one picture. And it's like having this, you know, 
zillion piece puzzle. Every piece has to fit into the picture, into the story God is telling. So you can't take the word of God and tell your own story. You can take the word of God and tell his story. Okay? All right. Just remember those things. Because today we're going to be talking about suffering and victory. I may step on a couple of pet doctrines that, uh, that I hope it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. But let's just go to the word, all right? Uh, as I said, you know, this is the word of God. And I've read the last page. It is a copy of tomorrow's newspaper for me. God knows the end from the beginning and, and Jesus is victorious in the end and we, the body of Christ, the family of God, the church of the living God, we who are born again believers, we win. Isn't that great? I love that. What do we win? Well, we win in eternity and we win, you know, all the wonderful promises that God has made. And that's, um, that, that's amazing. Uh, can, you, can you imagine with me for just a moment? Imagine fighting a battle knowing you've already won. Just imagine that. Imagine going out on a field of battle and fighting a battle that you, that you have already won. You know you're a winner. Wouldn't you fight with just a little more confidence, a little more courage, a little more pep, a little more zeal? Wouldn't you kind of go out on the battlefield if you knew you had already won? Wouldn't you go out there just a little more, uh, you know, filled with excitement uh, for the moment, knowing that you only had to get through the battle? The battle had won, and all you got to do is just get through it. Yeah. It's like watching an old movie for a second or third time, you know. <laughs> you already know the end. Do you ever do that? I'm, I'm a fan of old movies. I watch a lot of black and white movies. In fact, uh, it's, it's possible that my daughter is, is, is watching right now. And uh, if not, she'll watch this later. But uh, she came and lived with us. She brought her children to live with us on two different deployments that her husband made in, uh, in, in the Army, one to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. And so she came and lived with us. And, and after that first year of living with us, when her husband was uh, uh, serving our, our country, uh, she got back home to their next duty station whenever he got back. And one of the things that she texted us, she was so excited that in their home where they were, they had color TV. <laughs> she was making fun of me, of course, because I like those old black and white movies. I would just watch him and watch him and watch him and watch him and watch him. And, you know, it was, I, I didn't realize I was boring her for a year, but she was so excited to get back to color TV. But there was something about those old black and white movies that I still enjoy. One of them is, is they have a predictable outcome. The good guys win. I kind of like that, you know. I kind of like that happily ever after good guys win kind of feeling. And uh, I like knowing what, what, what's going to happen. You know, I'll watch a movie a few times. But even though I have seen it a few times and I know the end, do you know what happens to me invariably? Invariably, whenever the ambush is coming, invariably, even though I know the end, yet I still get up on the edge of my seat. <laughs> you know, I'm not wanting John Wayne to get shot one more time. My goodness, I've seen him shot five times. You know, I'm... Doesn't he know? I mean, didn't he see the movie? Didn't he read the script? Doesn't he know they're ambushing him? And no matter even if I know the end and, and I know what's going to happen, nonetheless, I can still get a little, get a little excited. That probably happens to you in scary movies. 
You know, you know the end, but whoo, don't do that again. You know, I remember when Jaws came out, I went to see Jaws. I, I haven't seen it a second time, by the way. You know, I still don't like to get in the ocean. I mean, I, well, sometimes, even though we know the end, and even though we know it's going to be okay in the movie, we can still have a little bit of anxiety, a little, you know, excitement for the drama's sake. Well, that's our life in Christ on planet Earth. You see, we really do know how it ends. We really do know how it ends. We really do know that there's an eternity prepared for us. We really do know that Jesus is building a mansion for us and he's preparing a home for us. We really do know how it ends. We really do know there'll be no more sickness, no more sadness, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more worry. We really do know how it ends. But, you know, even though we know how it ends, sometimes in the middle of that drama, sometimes in the middle of the moment, we can get up on the edge of our seat and feel just a little anxiety. Come on. We are guaranteed a happily ever after life throughout eternity. But my goodness, like Pastor John Osteen used to say, it's wonderful to preach about the sweet by and by, but we're stuck in the nasty now and now. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, victory in Jesus is our reality. But suffering through the drama of this life is also a reality. If you haven't noticed, just because you got born again didn't mean that you were exempted from tribulation testings and trauma and trials. In fact, Jesus said that in this world, as long as you're living in this world, you will have some trouble. You will have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer because you know the end, because I've overcome the world. I have overcome. You know the end. You know that I've overcome. You know that you're victorious. You know what's going to happen in the end. So don't let the nasty now and now really capture your life. Suffering through the drama of this life is a reality. And God wants us to live a victorious life even when we face moments that are filled with drama or suffering. It's not just a matter of perspective. It's not just Scientology. It's not just New Age thinking. It's not just name it, claim it. The fact of the matter is we are talking about a matter of faith. It's a matter of where we have our faith. Do we have faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross of Calvary? Or are we allowing the circumstances, situation, the devil, the drama of this life push us around into a place where we lose hope and lose faith in Christ? It's a matter of faith. The apostle John talking to us. In 1 John, the fifth chapter, in verse 4, he said this, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. You see, it's a matter of faith, what you believe, what you trust in. Where do you put your trust? Where do you put your confidence? We are born-again believers 
And the Word of God encourages us over and over and over that we have the ability to change things on planet Earth. We have the capacity first to change our lives and change our minds and then to affect the things around us by faith. In fact, Mark wrote in his gospel, he said, have faith in God. Mark 11 verse 22, have faith in God. Literally that means have the God kind of faith. Have the kind of faith that God wants you to have. Verse 23 says, for whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. That's a pretty strong blanket. The devil would love to deceive us and do everything he can. He would love to provide enough drama and enough disappointment and enough trial and temptation and trouble and tribulation that we would shrink back and we would draw back and we would stop pressing forward. But the fact of the matter is, even when you're suffering, Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still the one with a plan to bring you through and to cause you to experience victory in him. This is a reality. We need to look this morning just to encourage us at a few examples in the Word of God of people who were suffering in their victory. The fact of the matter is you have already won. You are on a battlefield. You are fighting a battle that has already been won. We should have great confidence in our King, great confidence in our Savior that He can handle anything that this world throws at us. That He's not surprised by trouble, by trial, by tribulation. He's not surprised by the things that the devil or this world throw at us. We'll look at a few examples of people who were suffering in their victory on their way to their happily ever after. That's where I am right now. I am on my way to my happily ever after. And let me tell you, I want to get there having fought the good fight of faith, having held on to faith, and having finished the course. So do you. Let's encourage ourselves this morning. Let's look at the Apostle Paul, for example. Out of 2 Timothy, the first chapter. Let me give you the setting here where the Apostle Paul is. He's in prison. He's suffering. He's not in the nice prison at this time. He's in the bad prison at this time. He's not in the prison where he has freedom to run around, do whatever he wants to. He's in the prison where he's awaiting having his head cut off. He's in the prison in Rome under Nero the emperor who was one of the most cruel emperors that ever lived. He would take Christians and pour tar over them and then stick them on a stick and light them a fire so that he could light up his new gardens around the Circus Maximus. He was a cruel man. Nero had killed his wife, killed his brother-in-law. He had killed his mother. He had married another woman that he had gotten pregnant, his girlfriend, and then he had kicked her while she was seven months pregnant, kicked her and killed her and killed the baby too. Then he had, 
he saw a man that reminded him of the woman that he had killed. And so you know what he did? He castrated the man and married him. This was one sick puppy. And he's in charge of Paul's torture. And Paul is going to be beheaded. This can only be from a few days to a few weeks to a few months. It's most likely in the same year, probably just a few months before the Apostle Paul is going to have his head cut off. And the Apostle Paul is letting his light shine right there in the prison so that the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached even to those who have him incarcerated, even to those who are doing him wrong, even to those in, 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 in Nero's house. The apostle Paul is affecting them positively on top of writing letters and writing the books of the Bible. Many of the epistles that we have were written by the apostle Paul in a time of his suffering. He is suffering in victory. Because he knows the end of the story. He's not afraid of the end. He's just in a moment of tribulation, a moment of trial, a moment of pressure, a moment of hurt, a moment of pain. But he is yet living in victory. And he writes this letter from that standpoint. The last letter that we have, the last words that we have from him. He writes to his young son Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 in verse 8. And he says, therefore do not be ashamed. That concept of being ashamed means don't go get in a closet. Don't shrink back. Don't hide. Don't pull back. Don't, don't let your emotions overwhelm you to the point to where you are no longer effective. Don't, don't let your defeats defeat you. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Share with me in these sufferings. I'm suffering because this world hates me. The devil hates me. That's, that's what he's saying. I'm, I'm, I'm suffering for the gospel's sake. I'm suffering for the gospel. Do you know the devil hates you and this world is stacked against you? You're not going to get a fair shake from this world and the devil would like to do you in. He would actually like to completely consume you and devour you and destroy you. Don't let him do it. Here the apostle Paul says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ before time began. Oh, God saw the end before time began. God knows what we're going through. God knows your course and manner of life. He'll know, uh, he knows what you will face. He knew us and he saved us and he called us. And we are given purpose because he has a purpose for us. We're given grace because he gave us grace. It was given to us in Christ before time ever, before the first second ever ticked on any clock. But now, 
has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. Okay, hold on a second. Yep, death has already been abolished. Past tense. He abolished death. What does that mean? That means you will never see death. That means the Apostle Paul understood. You can cut my head off, but you can't kill me. Yeah, come on. You can cut my head off, but you can't kill me. Because my Lord, my Savior, he has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. I am immortal. My goodness. This is, this is small potatoes. This planet earth for a for hundred years is small potatoes. I am immortal. Wow. Jesus has brought this immortality to light through the gospel, through the good news. To which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason. For what reason? Well, for the reason that he's abolished death and the reason I've been called since, you know, before time began. And I have a purpose and, and, and God's given me a purpose and he's given me grace and, 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 you know, I'm immortal. For all these reasons, I also suffer these things. It's because the world doesn't like me. The world's not made for me. I'm in it, but I'm not of it, the Apostle Paul is saying. Okay? I'm trying to shine a light that the world and the devil does not want to see. Nevertheless, I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to get in a closet. They're not going to push me down, keep me down, kick me down, hold me down. They're not going to be able to make me be quiet about this thing. I am not going to be ashamed. Why? For I know whom I have believed. <laughs> yeah, come on, give the Lord a hand clap. I'm preaching better than you're amening. Let me hear a glory. glory. All right. I know. Why, why can't the world keep me down? You know, I've been kicked down a few times, but I've never been kept down. I've been slapped down a time or two, but I've never been kept down. Come on now. For I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him. My life, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions... I know that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Wow, my goodness. Whew. Paul was suffering in victory. <laughs> yeah, he was going through some suffering, but he was standing in victory. What a place to stand. One of the people in the Bible in our history that suffered more than anybody else is, is, you know, it's no secret. His name's Job. Boy, this guy suffered, didn't he? Job suffered so many things. That's whoo. Job suffered, but Job suffered from a standpoint of victory. How do we know this? Well, look in, look in Job chapter 19, verse 23. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Well, they are. Isn't that wonderful? 
Oh, that they were engraved on a rock. Well, they are. <laughs> With an iron pin and lead forever. <laughs> what words? For I know that my Redeemer lives. Woo! Man, I'm going to get Pentecostal on y'all in a moment. Watch out. Don't let me run over you. Come on now. I know that my Redeemer lives. Yeah. I know that my Redeemer lives. Let me tell you now, I've gone through some trouble. I've gone through some trials. The world has done me in. The devil's done me wrong. I've lost and I've been kicked down. I've been pushed down. I've been slapped down. But let me tell you, I know that my Redeemer lives. Praise God. And you ain't heard the last of it. And he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. <laughs> Whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Yeah. Come on now. You know how your heart yearns? He said, I'm in trouble. I'm hurt. I've, I've, I've lost a lot. I've gone through a lot. But yet there's a spark on the inside of me. There's a confidence. There's something I know. For me, it's Jesus Christ on the inside of me. There's something I know that every trial, every tribulation, every drama that comes my way, yet in my heart I yearn to see God. I want to see God break out and be victorious. I want to ride with him in victory. I want to come back with him on one of those horses. And I want to burst through the eastern clouds. And I want want to see my God victorious standing on the earth behold him with my eyes Job will be there Job will be riding right beside one of you Job will be riding one of those horses right from glory and he will say I told you it's like my words were written in rock forever I knew that I would see my God standing on the earth at the last <laughs> oh I've been yearning for this we all yearn to see the victory because victory's inside of us there was a young lady there was a young lady who had had so much trouble. She had more trouble than anybody should have. She got married as a young lady and she married a foreigner. That wasn't too popular. So it probably made her a little bit of an outcast in that day and that time in that particular country. She was married to her husband about 10 years. And she was barren. She didn't have any children. That also added to her trouble or pain or trial or affliction. Then her husband died. That added more weight to her. More problems, more pressure, more suffering, more disappointment, more pain, more worry, more fear. And then her brother-in-law died. Now her and her sister-in-law, what are they going to do? Not only is it happening to me, it's happening to other people. And then her father-in-law died. 
my goodness. Just how much can one person take? And then her mother-in-law decides she's moving back home. What So much trouble. That can even look like God's against you. But you know what Ruth did? You know why we remember her today? Because she decided that she was going to take her life. It's the only thing I have. I'm going to take my life and I'm going to make something out of it. I'm going to make my life worth something. I'm going to take my life as bad as it is, as sad as it is, and I'm going to do something wonderful in my life. I'm going to, I, I only have one life to control. I only have one life that I'm responsible for, and I'm going to take this, even though it is a horrible life, even though I'm in pain and suffering, worry and fear, and I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I'm going to take my life, and I'm going to make something out of it. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to get up. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to move forward in life. When her mother-in-law said, I'm going back to Israel, you girls can't go with me because nobody there is going to marry you because you're Moabites and you're widows and you're barren and it ain't going to work there for you. There's nothing there for you. Ruth said, you, you don't know me evidently. Her sister-in-law kissed Naomi and went the other direction. Ruth said this, Ruth 1, verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you. Don't ask me to turn back. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, that's where I'm going to die. And that's where I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Now, there's a woman who's going to take her life and make something out of it. She had nothing to look forward to. In misery, suffering. She got up and went forward and kept going forward. Yes, life kicked her down, but it couldn't keep her down. That's why Ruth is one of the grandmothers of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, come on now. That kind of stuff. She was written as the grandmother of Jesus before time began. Yeah, life was hard. Life was tough. But something was on the inside of her. It was a calling and a purpose of God. And you have one too. Amen. One of the greatest examples, the epitome of suffering and victory is Jesus. Jesus had nothing more than you have. All he had was a word from God. He had to trust God. Think about it. Jesus, he had to trust God. <laughs> wait, wait a second, you gonna get me back up out of this? He didn't wanna go to the cross. 
It wasn't his greatest desire. If there's any, any, any other way, take this cup from me. His side was pierced. His hands and his feet, there was a nail driven through them and, and he was hung and suspended between heaven and earth and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Suffering and pain, beaten beyond recognition. Flesh tore from his body. Why did he allow that? Why did he go through that? All along, he was standing in victory, a work that had already been accomplished for Christ was crucified and we were in him before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him, yes, he saw on the other side of the cross. He was in victory. He saw on the other side of the cross the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. My. You see, it's not over until God says it's over. Okay. We need to stand in a place of victory. Whatever is going on around us, whatever may be dealt to us, we cannot always determine what we go through, but we can determine and decide how we're going to go through it. You don't always get to choose the cards that you're dealt or what other people may do to you or how this world may affect you. But you can decide that whatever you're going through, you are going through it by faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing that you have the same thing that Jesus had, a word from God, that he will never leave you and never forsake you. That he will cause you to walk in victory. You see, our victory is not in our enemy's defeat. Our victory is in our God. Our victory is not in someone else's defeat. Someone else does not have to lose in order for us to win. If we could ever get that in our head, that we've already won. All of the anger and resentment and bitterness that we go through many times are products of our imagination that we imagine we're losing. You're not losing. This light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but things which are unseen. For things which are seen are only temporary. Things which are unseen are eternal, the Apostle Paul said. I'll try to close with this scripture. From, let, me, let me catch us up. 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. Peter said, Cast all your care on him because he cares for you, okay? That's bottom line. He cares for me. Now, if, if, if he cares for me, if he cares for you, then we can cast all of our care on him, all our problems on him, all our worries and frustrations we can cast on him. It's, it's not necessarily easy, okay? Faith does not make things easy. Faith makes things possible. So we keep trying to trust God. We keep over and over and over. It's not that it's easy, but every time care comes, we throw it off on him. And that's best done for me verbally. That's best done for me in prayer. That's best done for me when I talk to myself and when I make my confessions and I cast my care on him. 
Lord, I'm going to have to give this to you. This belongs to you, Lord. You take this. Get it off me. And every time it comes back and tries to haunt me or jump on me or chase me down or hold me down or push me in a hole or slap me down, I just keep giving it back to him. You can cast all my care on him because he cares for me. Okay? That is a reality. And Peter, Peter encouraged us to be sober and be vigilant because, you know, we have an enemy called the devil who is walking about like a roaring lion seeking people that he can devour. He's trying his best to devour me. But I'm just not going to let the aggravations, irritations, and frustrations of this life make me act like a loser. I'm a winner. I have confidence on the battlefield that God is going to care for me. I'm going to resist the devil steadfast in faith. Understanding that other people are going through the same thing I'm going through. Well, let me give you this last verse here. As I said, 1 Peter 5.10. This is where I want to get to. Peter says this. But may the grace, or excuse me, may the God of all grace, who has called us, to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while. Y'all have a magic mark. Can you just mark that one right out of your Bible if you would? Because that is not. No, we can't take that one out. I'm certain that you didn't. In, none of you pulled that one out of your promise box this morning, did you? After you have suffered a while. Anybody get that out of their promise box? No. It didn't say before you begin to suffer. It said after you have suffered a while, endured a while, because in this world you will have tribulation. In this world you will have testings and trials. Because this world is, 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 is it's ungodly. We shine like lights and we are the salt of the earth. And we will have some trouble in this world. You just will. I'm sorry, but I'm not the first one to say that. But if anybody tells you anything different, who has it said this? If somebody tells you anything different, they're selling something. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. There's something... In, in this process that God has designed for us, that trials and tribulations work for us. There's something that God has designed that resistance works for us. It builds us up. It strengthens us. Not that we want it and not that God sends it, but there's enough of it in this world that God has decided that he wants us to resist the devil and resist the pressure and the temptations to swallow us up. He wants us to have faith in him, to have faith in him, to trust him to speak to those mountains to make declarations of faith and to know that he is bigger than any problem and that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father and we must resist the devil and when we go through suffering, God's desire as we are going through these things is number one to perfect us 
This concept of perfecting means to mend you. It means to heal you. It means to repair you. It means to restore you. It means to make you fit once again. What does that mean? That means that when we go through trouble and pressures and trials and tribulations and disappointments and heartache and trauma and drama, that God's goal is to heal us. He will heal us. After you have suffered a while, after it stops hurting, in the process of it hurting, God's intent is to repair what was broken, to mend us, to restore us, and to make us whole again. Number two, to establish us. That means to stabilize us. Because sometimes after you get hurt and you get healed, you're unstable. You're afraid that it's going to happen again. And you're unstable and you're so wishy-washy and you're afraid and you're, you know, you're anxious. And you're, you know, uh, the African proverb says, once bitten by a snake, a man fears even a lizard. That's a reality. Okay? So God not only wants to mend and repair us, but he also wants to stabilize us and set us in our place. He also, number three, wants to strengthen us. That means to make you able to stand on your own two feet. You know, sometimes you need a crutch for a while. Sometimes you need friends. Sometimes you need other people praying for you. But ultimately, God's hope is that after you have suffered a while, that he could restore you, repair you, stabilize you, put you in your place, and make you able to stand on your own two feet. That's where you're headed. That's where you're going. You are going there by faith. You are going to a place where you will be restored and stabilized and strong. And then settle, this last concept of settle. It means to lay a foundation like pouring this concrete. It, it's, it's, it's speaking of a firm foundation that you're on something, you're on solid ground that God, it, 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 it's, it's likened to putting roots down. So that with those roots going down, you're strong in your place and you're bearing fruit. You are headed to victory. Stand in that victory. The biggest fight that we have in this life is the fight of faith. Don't lose faith in the word of God okay? you're headed somewhere you might have been slapped down you might have been knocked down but you're not going to stay down 